It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in just a little while, I've got a lot of new news for you about where job opportunities look like they are right now, where they're going to be, and how you can even get some training at a discount right now for some of the job possibilities that could carry you into a new career. And I want to talk about something that in the midst of the misery and the death counts with coronavirus, in every bad situation, there's always good that emerges at the same time. And an example of that is how the health insurance industry and the medical industries have both been extremely hostile through the years to using modern technology such as electronic visits, telehealth, whatever you want to call it, virtual visits. And coronavirus changed all that. The raw economics that were affecting the medical industry forced an industry that is always reluctant to change. I mean, think about, I got a question for you. Where else in your life, name anywhere else in your life ever, that you walk in and you fill out pieces of paper? Seriously. Like it's 1965? We've got all these electronics today, and you fill out paper at hospitals and doctor's offices you must be kidding me that's how antiquated and backwards medicine is practiced okay enough about that but anyway coronavirus devastated the revenue models of the medical industry people's visits to doctors collapsed huge number of people to great detriment of their own health and potentially life We're not going for things even like their heart care or cancer care or chronic illnesses like diabetes, not going for their visits because they were worried they're going to walk into a doctor's office and they were going to come out with coronavirus and not survive it. So medicine finally was like, hey, maybe that electronic stuff, that would work. Maybe we could try that. Give you an example. Humana, according to the Kansas City Business Journal, nationally has already had a million telehealth visits, averaging 33,000 visits a day. Just before coronavirus, they were having virtually zero. Gone from virtually zero to 33,000 a day because doctors wanted their money. But the crazy thing is, it actually dramatically improves patients' health, apparently, because big percent of people just don't get around to going to the doctor, even if they have one. And with coronavirus, people just weren't going at all. So in terms of who has a doctor anyway, a primary care doctor, only somewhere around 60% or so of people even have one. 
And then of those that do, if they try to schedule an appointment, usually it's really, really hard to get one. Well, telemedicine, the appointments tend to be shorter. They tend to be more focused. And they can eliminate problems that would happen otherwise. But what's even more important is it does improve health outcomes, apparently, according to the American Academy of Family Physicians, research they've done. But the bigger thing is by having those virtual visits, it creates a relationship between doctor and patient that right now, even if somebody has a doctor of record they don't have, somebody goes undetected, somebody can get really sick who wouldn't have gotten sick, somebody could die who wouldn't have died, or could have a chronic condition get much worse. So this is one of those times where something that disrupted pretty much all our lives is going to have a long-term positive benefit, and it was all about the money. Doctors seeing their revenue plummet were like, yeah, we'll try that. And now the results are saving lives. It's time for your questions that you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternate. And Kim, who do you have a question from? This is from Dawn in Alabama. Dawn says, what is the best thing to purchase for a baby? Stocks, U.S. bonds, etc. I don't want to give toys, but something that will really have value for them in the future. I love the way you think. Go open a custodial account at Fidelity Investments. And at Fidelity, they have what are known as the Fidelity Zero Funds. Just put some money in the Fidelity Zero Total Stock Market Index Fund. You'll own little pieces for this child in uh, roughly 3,000 companies. The tax treatment on a total stock market index fund is awesome, even as the account grows. There will be minimal tax, if any, each year due. You can add to it as you wish from the first dollar, which the minimum to open one is $1. And you can add to it infrequently, frequently, whatever, and build up a nest egg for this child. The money becomes the child's, depending on your state, at age 18 or 21. you got to hope they have uh, good emotional maturity at that point. They don't blow the money. And when they do sell... The tax treatment on what's known as a long-term capital gain is extremely favorable, and it is a great way to give somebody a wonderful gift for their future. Why did I say Fidelity and the Zero Fund? Fidelity specifically has used this product as a way to build uh, new customers. The Zero Fund is called that because it has no commissions and no ongoing expenses. Fidelity absorbs them all. So whatever the return on the market is, you get that basically exactly. Joel? Clark Mike in California says, I'm an Amazon Prime member, and in just the last month or so, I've noticed a big change in our service. We're not waiting up to two weeks for packages to be delivered, and in the last month, we've had two packages get lost. Is something going on with Amazon? I'm not sure why we're paying for Prime if it takes two weeks just to get a delivery. Well, Amazon has had... Um, a very mixed ride through coronavirus. Their sales have gone up quite a bit, but their market share and online has gone down significantly as they've lost a lot of market share principally to Target and Walmart. 
and others to a lesser extent. Amazon is uh, hiring people as quickly as they can. They just announced they're hiring another 100,000 workers in the U.S. and in Canada, and that's after a, a series of hiring waves. But they have turnover. You know, the jobs are tough. Um, the warehouse workers are stressed. And so orders going missing, orders being late is part of the game now. And the uh, deliveries have been really weird. We ordered uh, a couple of items from Amazon recently. One that said it was going to come in five days came in one. One that said it was going to come in two didn't come for a week and a half. So their information systems are not where they were. But Amazon is a very, very generally well-run company, and I think they'll get this under control. But if you have been unhappy, check out the new Walmart Plus that started on the 15th of September. There's a $98 membership that includes uh, generally same-day delivery for free for food and pretty much every other item sold in a Walmart store. They say usually same day. Sometimes it will be the next day. The one difference between Walmart Plus and Amazon, Amazon you don't tip the driver. Walmart Plus tips are um, not, ex how would you say, what's that expression? Not um, not expected, but appreciated, I think is the expression. You can tip the person who delivers to you. And Walmart's prices generally are a fair amount lower than Amazon's. Kim? Kevin in California says, I've heard this on your show before, but I wanted to mention this so more people can be warned about this scam. My friend was looking for a house to rent and answered an ad online. The person renting the house asked for my friend's info, including social security number no. and a non-refundable deposit oh. in order to do a background check before my friend was even allowed to see the inside of the house. This obviously made my friend suspicious. And so he went to the house that was for rent and knocked on the door because the address was in the ad. The person that answered the door told my friend that this house is not for rent and he didn't know what he was talking about. Luckily, my friend didn't lose any money, but I wanted to tell you, so hopefully no one else does. Thank you very, very much for this, uh, taking the time to post this. This has been a constant problem that we've dealt with now on our show for close to 15 years with the fake rental scams that come in various flavors. In this case, the individual is hoping to score money and identity theft both at the same time. Be very wary. A lot of listings are captured from uh, Realtor.com or Zillow of legitimate places for sale, uh, hoping to list places for rent with the same pictures that a property is vacant. In this case, your friend avoided trouble because the property was occupied which made it extra easy to figure out it was a scam. But be very, very careful when you rent a private residence or a condo. There is a big problem out there with scamsters misrepresenting that they own a property that they have for rent. Joel? Clark James in Florida says, I'm going to loan my adult daughter 12000 bucks that she needs for a new car. She's agreed to pay me back in monthly installments. I've lent her money before, and she's always been prompt and trustworthy. But my question is, do I have to have her sign any sort of note for this? 
only if you want to. At twelve thousand, uh, you don't even have to charge her interest if you don't want to. Uh, any amount less than fifteen thousand can be considered to be a, a loan, a gift, whatever. And so it can be very informal unless you're worried that the good payment record she's had in the past may deteriorate. Marianne is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Marianne. I am so impressed. You have done a phenomenal job taking your credit score over time from where it put you right at the verge of what's known as subprime to having a phenomenal score. What have you moved it from and to over time? A few years ago, before I started listening to your show, it was 620 because I was trying to purchase the house. And um, right now it is well over 800. It's very high. My FICO score is about 867. So I'm almost to where you can't go any higher. It's pretty good. Well, the highest you can go is 850. So if you have an 867, you're just a superstar overachiever. But the point is well, your score yeah, they say is... They the FICO score can go up to 900 and the credit score 850. Okay. Well, I, I think it's fantastic what you have accomplished, and you should be so, so proud. And you've been able to qualify for the best of rates on just about anything. And you hear me give all these absolute rules, and there's one of them you want to ask about to see if I'll green light. Is that right? Yes. I have listen to your show and I listen to what you say and I was able to achieve so much. And I know you always say, um, be try not to get too many credit cards like department stores because you're locked in at using their stores with their money and nowhere else. But right now we're trying to purchase living room furniture. So is it okay to open up um, a store account to purchase like a very large purchase? without affecting my score. So it will affect your score a little bit. You know, um, furniture store credit, department store credit, things like that are looked at in the industry as junk credit. They're, they're looked at as substandard kind of forms of credit. Uh, at your score level, it won't have a major impact that would matter in any way. But what are you getting out of it? Like if you do the store financing do you get like a couple of years or so of what they call no, 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 no interest, that kind of stuff? Yes, because I refuse to pay interest on anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, one thing to be aware of, if you do one of these plans and you do a no, no, no plan with the furniture store, make sure you get them paid off in full Uh a significant number of weeks before your free interest period ends because normally the way these work is if you're one minute late at the end the interest at a huge interest rate usually near 30 percent is retroactive to the first day of the purchase of that furniture so as long as you keep a good calendar and know that you'll get it paid off in time and everything else is perfect with your credit, then I guess you can take advantage of those years of free interest. Okay. I was, I was so skeptical in that, but it's like with the Home Depot with the no, no, no's. 
And I always calculated big purchases, and I did one room at a time, where if I charged three grand, I would divide it up to, if I had one year or two years, I would divide that money into how many months it would take me, and I would do it that way, and then pay it off before it hit that, because I know about the accrued interest. Right. So as long as you are very um, methodical about it, make sure you do it as you should, and you want to do that, you know, I'm not a fan of the no, no, no plans, but it's a big purchase. And since everything else about your credit is so outstanding now, I guess you got a, a reluctant green light from me and continued success with your money. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to keep more of what you have. Sometimes, though, you want to have more coming in. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. So this is really fascinating. Business Week has reported that one out of three American workers have been doing some kind of side hustle this year. Just under 60 million of us are doing either stringing together a bunch of part-time things or doing one or more in addition to a regular job. The amount of money people are making from these, $1.2 trillion is the likely amount Americans will make this year. And a lot of it has been as a result of workforce dislocation because of coronavirus. So a lot of these things are just temporary patchwork things to bring in some money. They're not what you're looking to do long term. I do want you to know that along with this massive increase and the number of people doing this kind of work, there's an increasing number of scamsters out there scamming you with part-time opportunities that turn out to you being involved in criminal enterprises. You know, we've had the old-timey stuff where a fake job would supposedly be hiring you and get personal information from you, social security number, other details, where they can engage in theft or steal money from you. But one really hot problem right now is where criminals engaging in um, credit card theft, buying things with stolen credit cards, are conning you into thinking that you're being hired for some kind of research project where you're researching the quality of goods being sent or you're researching the quality of the uh, FedEx and UPS environment or the Postal Service. And so things are being sent to you that are stolen goods, essentially, and you're the one receiving stolen merchandise. That's just one example of the kind of scams that you can end up in jail or end up a criminal defendant in something that you were innocently lured into, not even realizing it's a scam. So with freelance opportunities, be aware, be careful. One of the most popular things on Clark.com is our guide to part-time work or work at home. Please check it out. We also have tips for you on Clark.com about how to avoid the, the bad ones out there. 
and how to select the right one for you. Um, in addition, there is a new opportunity for something that's designed as a career path kind of thing. Facebook has, who needs reputational improvement right now, obviously, Facebook has gone into a partnership with Coursera. Coursera is something you've heard me talk about before that is an education and training program, and they have put together a collaborative effort for a a training program to learn how to be a social marketing, social media marketing professional, a job that a lot of companies are looking for people who really know how to do that. And so they have a special effort that you pay a flat rate per month for being in the training program. It's a 20-week program. You pay 50 bucks a month. So that is a very affordable thing. Uh, it's less than $300 to take the program if you stick to it. And then once you have your training, they say they're going to help you find employers that are looking for people who have social media marketing skills. Just one idea of an affordable way in a relatively short number of months, you can develop a skill that might speak to you and a job category you might enjoy that does pay well. And thinking of things that are more immediate, if you're looking for a job right now just to pay bills, Retail pay rates have been steadily climbing for the last three years. But this has been an odd year in that pay rates have been going up. At the same time, a lot of retail jobs have evaporated. So you have employers that are desperate for workers, while others are closing their doors, potentially for good, and laying off all their people. But the pay rates keep going up. The latest announcement from a chain Hobby Lobby just announced that starting the 1st of October their new minimum wage is going to be 17 an hour if you go to work for them full time I mean that's a serious pay rate for working for a retailer and you've got uh, Target, Walmart, Amazon just to name bigs that have all been raising their rates but if you want to be with the Mac Daddy retailer that pays more and gives more benefits than anybody else, do you know who that is? It is Costco. And if you ever wonder why Costco workers generally have a hustle in their step, it's because they're treated better and have always been than workers at any large retailer in the United States, perhaps even the world. It's time for your questions for me that you posted at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternating. And who's up? That would be me. And this question is from Tom in Indiana. Tom says, my wife and I want to purchase life insurance as part of our estate planning. We're 69 and 66. What are your thoughts on this? So normally life insurance is an estate plan is used for people who have very, very large estates, um, estates that are north of $11 million as a way of dealing with tax issues involved. It's not done for 
uh, state planning purposes most of the time now if the idea is after both of you are gone. And I would suggest before you get involved in using life insurance as an estate planning tool, that you go sit down with a fee-only financial planner. That uh, you could go for a one-time session with a Garrett Planning Network person where you pay them like you'd be going to a CPA. We just pay them an hourly fee for their advice. If you wanted overall portfolio management advice, you could go to someone who is a fee-only financial planner, NAPFA, N-A-P-F-A, is the best place to look. But life insurance in isolation should not be considered as a strategy for estate planning purposes. It should only be part of a larger picture. And before you get involved in that kind of hunt at 69 years old, I want you to go sit down with or do a virtual visit with a fee-only planner. Start with, in your case, probably a Garrett Planning Network person and see if you, in fact, do need to have life insurance as part of a larger picture. My guess most of the time is not going to be the answer. Joel? Clark Dan in Massachusetts says, do collection agencies have access to our full credit report, payment history, and credit score? If we're negotiating payment of an old debt, do the collectors have the upper hand because they know so much more about our financial standing? So that's a great question. A collector may have access to your credit report because that would normally be considered under the Fair Credit Reporting Act as a legitimate business purpose. And so I don't know how routine or often it is that a collector would see your credit report or if the agency they work for would even uh, look at that as necessary data. As far as how you deal with a collection agency, do not be intimidated by any collector who is trying to get you to pay any amount of money. You decide what works within your budget. You decide if the debt that they are attempting to collect is legitimate. You decide if the amount they are attempting to collect is correct. Because often it's going to be not true that any of those things are properly documented or in place. But the key is never, ever, ever offer to get give a collector an amount of money per month out of intimidation that you cannot truly afford just to get them off the phone. In fact, you even have the right to write a collector and tell them they can't ever contact you again about a debt. Doesn't mean you don't owe it, but they cannot contact you about it again. Also know how much power you have under the law. Depending on the age of a debt, you may not ever legally be required to pay by any court, by any judgment, based on the age of the debt. That's why you never give a collector on an older debt a token amount of money, because in many states that's interpreted as refreshing the debt to be one day old instead of maybe five years old. And you can very easily see statute of limitations on a debt in your state by just uh, searching online statute of limitations, put in your state name at Google or any search engine, and you'll see what you need to know. And a collector 
has a very difficult job, and there are those that do it very honestly, but never give a collector access to your checking account number because all too often collectors will cheat you and tell you they're going to take X amount of money, and once they have your checking account number, they take many dollars way beyond what's agreed to and maybe even more often than they've said. What I recommend is anytime you pay a collector, you pay them by money order and pay only once you have a written agreement, written, not verbal, of what you've agreed to and what the payment plan will be. Kim? Ed in Florida wants to know, will the car rental companies be offering one-way specials this year in order to get cars from the Northeast to Florida? I doubt it. I've been watching and watching, and usually it's about now that we know, but as soon as we know, we will post it on the travel section of Clark.com, and I will mention it here on the show. So here's hoping we have seasonal movement of cars for 10 bucks a day or less. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bob is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Bob, I am so sorry that you lost your wife recently. Tell me first, emotionally, how are you holding up? And are you getting the uh, support you need from families, friends, that kind of thing? Uh, Thank you, Clark. I'm getting a lot of support, which is great. Uh, A little bit of background. I did. I got to serve 27 years in the Coast Guard, and that being said, because I would be away from home a lot, my wife would pay all the bills, and uh, she kind of. It was a quick uh, decline for her at the end, and we always planned to. She was going to show me how to pay the bills and everything, but towards the end, I didn't want to bring it up to her. I didn't want to, you know, that idea of, hey, you're going to be passing away soon. I just could not put my, you know, I could not put myself in that position. Sure. Definitely her. So when she passed away, uh, pretty much it's been the school of hard knocks, learning how to pay all our bills. And uh, a lot of friends, they've given me advice and everything, but. You know, I, I hate to say, somebody asked me, well, how do you pay your mortgage? I had that deer in the headlights look. That's how how bad it's been. Luckily, I found out how we pay our mortgage. But there's the other things, too. Uh, just like the simple the water bill. Luckily, she, uh, she left her phone 
open. You know, I didn't have to go in with any kind of a pen or anything. And I found a text message looking through it, trying to figure out, you know, all these bills and everything. Text message was from the utility company saying, hey, thank you for paying your bill in the beginning of July. It's, oh, I guess that's the way I pay my water bill. But it's been that kind of thing. And uh, I was just calling to see if you have any advice to give me. So how computer savvy are you? Uh, very. You are very computer savvy. Yeah, but the thing, if I could just say, <laughs> I love my wife. We would get in the car to go to the store. She would get her phone out. When we got to the store, literally down the road, she would say, yep, I just paid the bills. I right. Mean, that's how good she was. Well, so, so a lot of what she was doing uh, sounds like with the, you mentioned that utility bill, she yeah. had it set up for automatic payment. And you can do that with uh, utilities, any of a number of your bills, where they they may continue just as they are. The checking account that your bills were being paid out of, you still have that one open? Yes. So, uh, so yeah. you're going to find that a lot of the bills she set up on automatic pilot. And I pay bills uh, really two ways. I don't like for people to automatically draft my account, but what I do is a lot of bills I can pay direct on their websites with a rewards credit card without any fee. Oh. And I do that a lot. Where what I would do in your case, I would start very analog, uh, just a three-ring notebook. And as you remember every bill there might be you have, you write it down, you figure out uh, who you're supposed to pay and all that. And then you decide either to set up through your bank account where they have automatic bill pay where you set yes. up to pay them each month, either like a mortgage where it's a set amount every month, or with something like a utility where the amount changes all the time, you can set it up where you pay it, in most cases, by a credit card. And you can either allow them to automatically charge your card each month, or a very simple sign into their account where you pay it. But it does start, I know it's weird to say in 2020, it starts with paper, having notes of who you have to pay and all that. And it'll become clear pretty quickly what's going to work best for you. What worked for her may be what works for you, but the first thing is to figure out all you have and pay those. And I just want to tell you that I can tell what, uh, a kind sort you are and I want to thank you for your 27 years of service in the Coast Guard and I wish you the best dealing with the healing of the loss of your wife you're listening to the Clark Howard Show thanks for joining us today the Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes Joel Larsgaard Deborah Reese and Jim Ayers and remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.